Good day, everyone. This is James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourse's Bullets, where I do a bullet point style summary of one topic that you need to understand about what's going on in the world today. Today, we're going to mince no words. We're going to talk about Klaus Schwab's Leninist Maoist Stakeholder Capitalism. That's a lot of words, a lot of big words, but we're going to break it down. So Leninism, Maoism, Klaus Schwab introduces this concept of stakeholder capitalism, and I'm going to read to you from Klaus Schwab so you can see what's going on. But first, I'm going to tell you, Klaus Schwab, by the way, is the uh, executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, which is implementing many of the great reset changes that we're seeing around us. And he wrote a book about that in 2020, naming COVID-19 as the impetus for the Great Reset. And he wrote a second part to that book this year in 2022 called The Great Narrative. Before we talk about Klaus, I want to tell you something you may not have realized. Van Jones, who uh, was the green jobs commissar under uh, President Obama about a decade ago, said at the time that the movement that they were trying to push as Green Jobs Commissar, was going to have three components. It was going to be top-down, bottom-up, and inside-out. He said that they, the government, were going to take care of the top-down, and he was trying to inspire activists to become the bottom-up, and then the inside-out was going to be to change the culture, broadly speaking, so that it would be excited to accept this new framing. So that was the the model, this top-down, bottom-up, inside-out, and the case I'm going to make for you by the end of this is that when I say Leninist Maoist framework, what I mean is that the Leninism is the top-down part, and the Maoist part is going to be the bottom-up and the inside-out part. Of course, Mao did some top-down power himself. Power flows from the barrel of a gun, he said, and he had the guns and the tanks, etc. But nevertheless, I'm going to kind of separate it that way so it's a little bit more comprehensible. We're going to frame this, though, in terms of what Klaus Schwab calls stakeholder capitalism, which he's been trying to push for a number of years, where shareholders are now out. So you see the clear violation of fiduciary responsibility and duty here. Shareholders are now out because the profit motive is too dangerous on its own. And stakeholders, experts, handpicked by Klaus Schwab and his uh, group of other technocrats, are going to replace the shareholder in order to make better decisions about how to organize the economy and the people who uh, participate in it and create it. So we'll just jump straight in to the great narrative. There's a few paragraphs from this, again, 2022 book written by Klaus Schwab. Contrary to shareholder capitalism that always saw government as the source of all evils, stakeholder capitalism welcomes the idea of legislative action to define with precision the benchmarks for ESG reporting and performance. Let me pause for a moment. The framing here is in terms of ESG reporting and performance. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Goals. This is the tool that people like Klaus Schwab, people like Larry Fink at BlackRock have come up with so that uh, investment capital, um, government regulation, etc. can be brought to heel under a single banner that is going to be environmentally responsible, socially responsible, and practice what they consider to be good governance. This is a huge scam. We've done an episode on that already, and the scam is a scam because they get to define what qualifies as good environmental, social, and governance policy, and they jerk everybody around 
with other people's money, namely mostly pension funds. Trillions of dollars of people's invested retirement funds are being leveraged by a handful of plutocrats who have decided that they're going to order the entire economy this way. So ESG is the tool for stakeholder capitalism. So this is where Klaus says that there, the stakeholder capitalism, he says, welcomes the idea of legislative action to define with precision the benchmarks for ESG reporting and performance. So now governments will be taking legislative action or administrative state action to define what ESG benchmarks are necessary. And we actually see this happening in the United States. For example, the SEC has just recently started to jump straight into this with both feet. It's happening in other countries around the world as well. There's nothing wrong, Klaus says, with governments creating the right incentives and issuing appropriate norms for responsible behavior particularly when they represent the choice expressed by citizens in free elections. That's democratic socialism. This then gives them the authority to determine societal rules. Governments have the authority to determine societal rules. This is largely for corporations, but also for individuals he's talking about. In the same way that companies have an obligation to report their financial results quarterly or annually, depending on the countries and whether they are listed or not, in the not-too-distant future, they will have a similar obligation to report on ESG metrics. He wrote this at the beginning of 2022. Here we are in the middle of 2022, and the SEC is making this real. Several initiatives have been undertaken to determine the best way to achieve this. The stakeholder capitalism metrics of the World Economic Forum is a major one. That's his program, by the way, where he's in charge. They will converge toward a standardized ESG performance metrics that works across industries and countries and that is supposed or sorry and that is supported by global standard setters such initiatives tend to be led by business but a globally accepted system of sustainability reporting will be a concerted effort of business governments regulators the officials accounting community and voluntary standard setters in the end governments will make the last call for setting the legal obligations targets and incentives around esg standards and performance proposed by business they will also ensure that the stakeholder that stakeholder value is compatible with a rigorously defined concept of quote society and planetary value so there's your environmental leninism and social leninism top down power the corporations and organizations ngos like the world economic forum and the governments will collaborate in a partnership to create a top-down pressure to force ESG standards. That's what he's saying. He says that this is in direct opposition to what we see with, um, let's say, uh, shareholder capitalism and the fiduciary responsibility. But he says now here, in parallel, societal pressure and rising activism will accelerate the pace at which companies embrace stakeholder value and will force the reluctant ones to convert to the cause. There's ample evidence that consumers increasingly favor products and services from companies that are more ESG compliant. That turns out probably not to be true unless you cherry pick the data. But here we have a bottom-up pressure. We had top-down, now we have a bottom-up pressure coming. Accordingly, CEOs now consider that adopting sustainable practices is the new price of entry to compete. This trend will amplify as millennials and Gen Z acquire greater prominence in the workforce. The young generations continually hammer home the truth that they have a majority stake in what the future yields because environmental degradation, climate change, and rising inequalities will have a disproportionate impact in their lifetimes. 
The latter already represents a major impediment in terms of accessing decent housing. In light of this, business adherence to ESG considerations will become increasingly relevant to sustainable value creation. The price of not doing so will be will just be too high in terms of the wrath of activists, both social and investors. So now you're going to have a bottom-up movement of mostly young people, millennials and Generation Z. But that's what Mao Zedong did. Mao created a youth movement that demanded that the four olds be overthrown, that a new society be ushered in. And we have a cultural revolution emanating from within that. And here we see exactly the kinds of manipulations that we saw before. Oh, you young people are going to have a disproportionate impact. Uh, there's already major impediments in terms of your accessing decent housing. Well, wouldn't that be nice if they were creating a gigantic housing crisis at the same time? Maybe BlackRock buying all of the single-family homes and driving up the prices like crazy, and then they're going to control them and the rent of all of them, and they control those prices. Wouldn't that be convenient if they were able to agitate people in that way? You can see what they're doing. The ultimate role of business in society, he tells us, remains to do business. But global corporate citizenship is an extension of the stakeholder concept. So stakeholders not enough. We've got to have a global corporate citizenship mentality. It involves the corporation acting as a stakeholder in global society in conjunction with government and civil society. And it's a notion that can be considered as a long-term investment. Since companies depend on the natural and social ecosystem in which they operate, surely it is in their ultimate interest to look, for the, look to the well-being of that same ecosystem when it is beset by so many problems, which might be manufactured. In fact, it's more than an interest, it's an absolute necessity. And then quoting himself, he says, companies today face an existential choice. Either they wholeheartedly embrace stakeholder capitalism and subscribe to the responsibilities that come with it by actively taking steps to meet social and environmental goals, or they stick to an outdated shareholder capitalism that prioritizes short-term profits over everything else and wait for employees, clients, and voters to force change on them from the outside. So this is Klaus Schwab's model. Well, What's going on? Well, we have a Leninist top-down push from the corporations, the NGOs, and the governments operating in a public-private partnership. It's Leninism. It's corporate Leninism. Call it whatever else you want to call it, but it's corporations acting in concert with the governments, acting in concert with the large foundations with trillions of dollars of assets between them to force this from the top down on the people. Meanwhile, you create a youth movement how? With social-emotional learning, Klaus Schwab's favorite uh, model of education. Social-emotional learning becomes the tool by which you're going to create younger generations, millennials, Gen Z, whatever it is that comes after them, the kids in school today, so that they don't know how to live without that circumstance, so that they will have the wrath that will change the companies from below, that will cause the demand that changes the companies from below. And not just companies, but people. When these things come to individuals, not just corporate mindsets. And the goal is to create a cultural revolution that changes the entire program of how society operates and thinks so that it enters into a global corporate citizenship based on stakeholders because it is, quote, surely it is in their ultimate interest to look to the well-being of that same ecosystem when it is beset by so many problems. And then he says it's an absolute necessity. You don't have a choice here. So what you see is a fusion of the Leninist and the Maoist models. You have a two-pronged vanguard, and as a matter of fact, in another part of this same book, 
Klaus Schwab refers to the student movement, the youth movement, as the vanguard that will cause this social change to be implemented eventually. Social-emotional learning is the tool that he refers to repeatedly as how you're going to get the younger generation to fit into the new economy he's trying to design. So you have, a, in a sense, a two-headed snake that's running a certain program. The one head of the snake is these ESG metrics being pushed from the top down. ESG is the Leninist top-down aspect, the corporate, government, public-private partnership vanguard that's pushing this from the top down. SEL is the tool, social-emotional learning is the tool by which they're creating a bottom-up vanguard in a youth movement. It's also trying to create the conditions for a cultural revolution. So baseball has to be woke, football has to be woke, movies have to be woke, Disney has to be woke, schools have to be woke, everything has to be woke. So they can change the culture from the inside out to force this upon people from a bottom-up demand-driven uh, aspect. So they've got a, a, a supply side aspect in ESG that is a top-down Leninist model, and they've got a demand side aspect in uh, social-emotional learning warped young people and social-emotional learning, in a sense, infused into everything to create a cultural revolution. So the body of the snake's a cultural revolution. So there are only three things that are happening, and this is the bottom line here. Number one, ESG works like Leninism. Number two, social-emotional learning is the tool to facilitate Maoism. It is, in fact, Maoist education to create the equivalent of a new red guard, which we'd probably have to call a green guard, given that it's pushing this environmental communism. And they're trying to inspire, through all of this, a cultural revolution that will transform the society from the inside out. So you have three targets. There are three things that are happening. You have to resist three things in order to defeat this. Number one... ESG has to be stopped. That's the top-down Lenin-style manipulation coming from big power centers. Number two, social-emotional learning, and the children have to be rescued from the Maoist education they're being put through. And number three, cultural revolution, which you have to then resist by not going along with it. If they tell you we need drag queens at school, we don't put drag queens in school or we take our kids out of those schools. If they tell you that we have to have a new environmental consciousness, we don't do that. Whatever they tell you the culture has to do to change for our new changing circumstances, six feet apart, whatever it happens to be, you don't do that. You resist a cultural revolution. You go back to and reinvigorate the values that have made the Western world great so far, and you dig your heels into them vigorously and don't let them be bulldozed. Don't let them be changed. And when they tell you you're a bigot or whatever, you don't say, no, I'm not. You say, I don't care. Call me whatever you want. We're not going to overthrow the culture. We're not going to have a cultural revolution. We're going to honor the culture that we're in. We're going to maintain the culture that we're in because it's a good one. And we have every right to do so. So that's the bottom line of the stakeholder capitalism. Leninist Maoist push coming straight from the mouth of Klaus Schwab, executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.